Lord, we just pray that you'll pour out a harvest, Lord Jesus. Just let us, let us see the work that you're, you're doing in our lives. We just thank you, Lord, that you're, you're opening up new ministries in this place. You're outreaching to people. We just thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is just brooding over Brisbane now. We just pray for that harvest of souls to come in. We thank you, Lord, that we can partner with you to grow your kingdom and to bring the, the reward of your suffering into, into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's my husband, if you didn't know. Just branding him. Hallelujah. <laughs> 22 years he's been my husband. And I'm very glad for it. Hallelujah. He, he, um, I, I was tickled when I, I went to pick him up um, from the day surgery after getting his thing cut out. Because the nurse was being really lovely to me. And uh, she was smiling and, and paying really a lot of attention to us. And, um, and then Tom mentioned to me that um, he'd had the opportunity to pray for her as he was coming out of, out of um, in recovery. He just felt to pray for her and she burst into tears and, and said, my husband of 30 years has just left me and, and uh, just experienced the presence of God and the love of God. I thought, that's the culture that we, I like to see, you know, that, that in every opportunity... Instead of being focused on ourselves, looking to see the opportunity that God's presenting in front of us, you know, everybody's walking through stuff. And if you're so consumed with your own stuff that you can't see, then you miss the divine delight of experiencing what God's love looks like. Because just as Tom shared, true love gives. And if you want to enter into the love of God, you need to enter into that whole lifestyle of giving, laying down your life. Amen? Because if you, if you want to experience love, this is what love looks like. It looks like giving, giving your heart, giving your, giving your, your time, giving your thoughts, paying attention and recognizing that there are people that God is bringing across your path that he wants to bless, he wants you to reach out to. The Bible says that he's laid up good works in advance for us to do. Amen? That means all the time God has good works laid up for you and he's looking for you to recognize and see what he's doing. I've been speaking uh, recently about experiencing God. And we talked a little bit last time about thanksgiving. That it's in giving thanks that we recognize that we are enter into the, the joy of worship with God. And, and daily, the Holy Spirit is doing things. He's revealing God to us in myriads of ways. Now, the scripture says that all of creation declares the glory of God. Whoever looks up at the stars and, and, and gets pleasure out of seeing the stars in the sky. Does anyone else get enjoyment out of that? You know, every time I get some joy or some delight out of something that God's done, God has been really teaching me not just to take it for granted or just to say, oh, that's nice, but to recognize that it's an invitation into joy. It's an invitation into thanksgiving that leads me into an experience of God himself. So daily when you wake up and the sun shines and your heart goes, oh, it's nice that the sun's shining. Don't stop there. 
but actually focus and recognize this is the voice of God speaking to me. He's trying to get my attention and say, oh, I love you. And as you pay attention to it and you give thanks for it, you begin to enter into the embrace of God. And God says, oh, I got your attention. Now that I've got your attention, I really want to lavish love on you. Amen? This is actually good. You need to get excited about this. Help me. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> so we enter into uh, his presence with with which is so much joy. The fullness of joy is in his presence. But we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We've got to pay attention to the voice of God and, and to the way that he speaks in so many different forms. Sometimes people say, oh, I can't hear the voice of God. I want to hear God. I can't hear him. And yet God doesn't just speak with an audible voice or with an angelic appearance. He doesn't just speak with visions and prophetic words. God speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks to us when we open up the scripture. When we ask him, Lord, show me, speak to me. As, he, as we read the word of God, we're experiencing God. As we uh, pay attention to what the Lord's been doing in our lives, when someone is kind to you, Recognize that that is God revealing himself to you. That in everything we give thanks. Amen? But I believe that in order to to really live a life where we fully experience God on a daily basis, we've got to be awakened. You know, we were singing a song tonight. Aaron wrote, uh, Awakening, the kingdom is rising. And awakenings in the air. This awakening is, is, I believe, the answer to Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. That the spirit of wisdom and revelation would enlighten the eyes of your understanding in the knowledge of him. It's like ah, becoming awake. I've been, I've been finding it in my own life. Just, just a fresh understanding of the very basics of the gospel. Just, just sitting in my room sometimes and, and realizing... What a, and, and experiencing on a deeper level the truth that God himself came as a man and was physically punished and died because he loved me. It's a, it's a, a truth I know with my head, but God is wanting to reveal it on deeper and deeper levels to you every day so that you experience oh, the love of God. It's one thing to believe that God exists. It's another thing to enter into the experience of relationship with him. And we do that by paying attention to what he's doing and what he's saying. Amen? So we don't want to miss an opportunity to to give God thanks. When something good happens, we need to make deliberate uh, delight out of thanking him, not just because we should, but because it's like a dinner bell. It's an invitation into something more. He who has, more will be given. And if you learn to steward what you're getting, you get more. That's the way it works in the kingdom. If you, are, if you learn to be grateful, if you learn to delight yourself in the Lord, learn to recognize, whoa, Jesus, you're so kind, and to give God thanks, to, to give him worship for it, and to recognize it, you enter into a new level of delight and joy and the love of God. And as that love is shed abroad in your heart, then you become Christ to others. Amen? You're a little quiet today, but we'll wait for the heaters, hopefully. They'll warm you up. Shandokurapa, how great is our God. 
Lord, we give you honor today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask you to give us ears to hear what you're saying to us, Lord. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. But you know, as I've been reading the Word of God this week, who enjoys reading the Bible? I got to tell you, it shocks me to hear that some Christians don't read the Bible. But it's the statistics tell us it's quite a, a large number of people don't read the Word of God. Yet, when I read the Word of God, I, I, I experience God. God comes and he, he speaks to me. It's the way of life. He shows us how to live. And I've been reading um, different parts of the scripture this week and, and, and remembering. And I've been feeling the Holy Spirit really speaking to me about the fear of God. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But, but God, like C.S. Lewis used to say, uh, he's not a tame lion. And that you can't put God in a box, but, but God is oh, magnificent God. But he, his word is not just lovely suggestions, but you need to pay attention to what he's saying. And when he's saying something, particularly, you know, if, he spe- if he's saying something and you're hearing it from a few different sources, like for instance, if a couple of different leaders are saying something to you and you don't pay attention, you need to get some fear of the Lord because... The next time he speaks, you might be experiencing his discipline. Who's ever been disciplined by God? And he, the Bible says it. He says he disciplines those he loves. I remember um, back in my early 20s, I was teaching, um, I took a part-time job teaching jazz at a jazz singing school. And I was quite enjoying it. And I started to get a few different invitations to come and sing in the casino and come and, do, come and join my band and come and do this. And I started to get, oh, that's, they like me. That's good, you know. And at the church, they didn't like me. They, just, they said I wasn't good enough to sing. So they said, um, they said, you know, come and join our band. And I started to think, oh, that's so good. Oh, you know, they like me. And, um, and, it, and it was starting to affect my heart. And I heard the voice of the Lord very gently say, Catherine, I'd like you to quit that job. And I said, oh, no, God, you know, I'm, this is good for me. And, you know, I can handle this. I can handle this. No problem. And he, can't, he just gently kept speaking to me for a couple of, couple of months. Just be, you know, Catherine, I don't like what's happening. Because my heart was starting to get up. Oh, you know, oh, this is what they think about me. And, you know, they don't think this. But I'm okay. I'm okay, God. I loved God. I was... And, but then one day I was having my, my time with the Lord at home and I saw a vision of a bird flying with a string attached to a rock. And the Lord said, you need to cut that off because it's limiting you. And I got such a fright that I went and I rang up and I resigned that day. But then afterwards I felt really bad. I was like, oh... It took me three months to hear from God and I'm supposed to have a call of God in my life. I can't even obey with this simple little thing. Oh, I'm so terrible. Who has ever needed to correct somebody that has a self-esteem that is like paper? 
it's it's a very difficult thing to do. You know, if you have to correct somebody that you know, if I'm going to bring a word of correction to this person, they're likely going to take it personally as though it's, oh, I'm terrible. It's a really hard thing to do. And yet, it has to happen. So uh, here was I, God corrected me, and I'm like, oh, oh I'm the devil. And then um, I'd, at the same time, there was a move of God going through Brisbane, and Everybody was laughing, and the glory was coming, the joy of the Lord was coming. People were laughing and rolling on the floor, laughing. And I don't know what I thought about it, but it seemed like something in it. But I got a bit annoyed at them because they seemed to be in their happy club, and I'd go out and I'd, I'd cry. All that had happened to me when I'd go to the altars, I'd just bore. Oh, I'm a terrible guy. I can't even listen to you. And, so full of condemnation, and they'd be all laughing, and I'd be like, oh, I think it's God, but it's so mean that they're laughing, and I'm crying, and why don't you love me? And I, you know. Um, I was young and dumb. Hallelujah. <laughs> but at home then one day, I was, um, I was talking to the Lord and just telling him again, oh, God, I'm so sorry that it took me so long to resign from the job. I'm so sorry, God. And, and he said, go and play on the piano. So I got up on the piano and I um, started to play a song that the Lord just downloaded to me. He gave me a song. And it was basically saying, you think that you've fallen too far from grace. You hear my voice, yet you still hide your face in shame. But I've covered your sin. I've taken your shame. I've paid all your debts. And now I'm calling your name. And I realized, oh, he's giving me this so that I hear it, God. And then I went to another one of those laughing meetings and I was out the front. Oh, God, here I am. Thank you, God. I believe that you've taken my shame. And then finally the Holy Spirit touched me and I fell to the ground. And as I turned my head, I saw a vision of Jesus' face. And he was looking at me with these eyes that were so full of love that I just lost it and I began to laugh. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. I didn't know I was laughing, but it was just, ah. And, you know, the, the Bible says that he disciplines those he loves because he loves us so much. He knows exactly what we need. He wants us to encounter him in all his fullness, in all his glory. The Bible says that he has plans for us that are to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. But he wants to be able to bring correction when we need it so that he can bring us into the fullness of all that he has for us. But if we have a belief that God's always looking for what's wrong with me, if we, if we then take that correction and put it onto the whole character of God and think, well, he's always, always looking to smack me. He's always looking to discipline me. He's always looking to see what's wrong. Then we miss the character of God. And the heart of God is that he, he, you know, in disciplining me that day, in showing me that vision, he was saying, Catherine, if you're living in this place, you're going to miss out on the joy that I have for you. You can go that way if you want to, but I've got so much more joy for you. But God wanted to heal my heart. He wanted to speak to me and say, Catherine, you're too, you, 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 you're too um, believing lies about me. I was believing that God was always cranky, that he was always you know, a little bit upset with me, that he tolerated me rather than really enjoyed me. You know, put up with my weakness. And I was like, oh, yes, okay, I love you because I have to, because I'm God. 
And so God had to, to do a deep work in me that he continuously does to convince me and show me that he's kind. But I've, he wants to bring us to a place where we have our faith in his character that he is so for us that whenever he needs to speak a word of correction, instead of us hiding our faces and, and, and falling into a thousand pieces, we can rejoice and say, thank you, God. I'm so glad you showed me that because I know your desire is for my good. Amen. I remember I shared this with the interns the other night that um, I was driving one day on the freeway many years ago and just edging over the 100 mark, just edging over because I was just in a hurry. And I heard the Lord speak and he said, discipline, I mean, he said, disobedience at high speed causes crashes. I went, oh. You know, my mother used to say the angels jump off at over 100, but I don't believe that's true. <laughs> Like, oh God. But I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought that's so true. You know, if I was traveling at 10K in a car park and I'd break a road rule, I might have a little bit of a bingle or something might happen. But if I break a road rule at high speed, I could not only damage my car, myself, I could take other people out. I could cause so much more damage. And you know, the faster that we're going with God, the more that we're doing with God, the more vital it is that we're seriously paying attention to the voice of God. That if you're hearing him speak something and you hear it from another source, you need to reverently get before God and say, what are you saying, God? So that you can have the adjustments that's needed so that you can be accelerated in the destiny that it has for you. Amen? I, um, I've even learned to pay attention uh, when when to my dreams. I remember a few years ago, um, I'd been spending time with Adam Thompson and Adrian Beale, who've written that uh, book on, on dreams, The Divinity Code, uh, divide, uh, Decoding Your Dreams. And so I, I woke up and I'd had this very strange dream. In the dream, I, um, I had a, uh, something on my leg, like an injury on my leg. And my father was in the dream. My father's a GP. And he looked at the, the thing on my leg. He said, ooh, it's Singapore polio. And so I woke up and I asked the Lord, is that you trying to speak to me or was I just too hot under the covers? You know, I don't, I don't know. So, but I thought, well, it's good to ask the revealer of mysteries to reveal the mystery. So, Lord, are you trying to speak to me? And then the Lord began to speak because the Holy Spirit is known as the revealer of mysteries. He began to speak to me. He said, what does Singapore mean to you? And I said, well, Singapore is a gateway to the world. And he began to show me that there was this cut on my leg was going to limit my walk. And polio is, is something that, that disables your walking ability. And the Lord spoke to me and he said exactly that there was this offense that I was carrying and I knew exactly what he was speaking about. There's this offense that you're carrying and if you don't let me deal with it, it's going to affect your walk and your international ministry. 
And so that morning, I had this opportunity with God where he just came and he healed my heart. I opened my heart up. I said, yes, God, I recognize that. Thank you, Jesus. He was, he was speaking about this offense that I'd held against this person. And he came and he just dealt with it. He healed it. He pulled it out. And I was so grateful to Jesus. But, you know, we need to pay attention. You might think that's, that's silly, but I tell you, God needed to sort something out in my heart. And better that he do it through a dream than have to bring someone and tell me. You think about Eli. He, a, a prophet came to him and said, hey, look, you're not, your sons are doing this and they're doing that. And if you don't sort it out, God's going to have to do something. And instead of responding to God, he just listened. And then eventually Samuel had to hear from God for him. And, and again, even then, Eli didn't, didn't change things. He didn't respond. And so that, that causes me to have a reverential fear of God. You know, when you hear something once, twice, three times, you need to be like serious. Okay, Jesus, help me. I want to listen to what you're saying and I want to make whatever adjustments need to be made. But then, you know, I was wrestling with God as I was hearing this this afternoon. I was saying, oh, God, you know, I don't want people to feel like you're up in the sky, you know, the big taskmaster up there wanting to adjust them all the time, wanting to correct them, because that's what I used to believe about God. I'd go to God and I'd say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And, and he'd say, I love you. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, what do you really want to say? What do you want to sort out in my life? But God's heart for us is not always just to be sorting us out. His heart for us is to take us into the great things that he's got for us. His heart is to lavish kindness on us. You know, Psalm 118, if you want to have a look there, I'm looking at it here in the Amplified. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Let the house of Aaron, the priesthood, now say that his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Let those now who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord say that his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Out of my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side and takes my part. He's among those who help me. Therefore, shall I see my desire established upon those who hate me. It's better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. You know, God's desire is for you to experience him in such a way that you have absolute confidence that he is for you. You see, it's only when you believe that he's against you, resisting you, needing to sort you out and change you all the time that you pull back from God. God's desire is to have his lavish love, his lavish kindness so overwhelm your heart moment by moment that you fully trust him. I remember once being in a meeting in Ohio and I'd done, I'd done I think, 20 meetings in a row and um, then come out to Ohio. I'd taken it every seventh day off because... The pastor would keep coming up saying, this is so amazing, so many miracles happening, so many people getting saved, let's keep going. And Tom would say, yes, she can keep going, but she's not smarter than God, so she's going to take one day off a week. So I'm very grateful for my husband. 
But he had to uh, he had to fly back with the kids, and I flew out to Ohio and was ministering there at a conference. And um, it was very late. It, it had the first meeting went very very late. The man, a man Ravi, was still speaking. You might have seen him on um, what's that one? Father of Lights, yeah, he was ministering and I wanted to hear him, but he was speaking. It was 11 o'clock at night. He was preaching. He'd gotten up to preach at about half past 10. So everybody here can give thanks, hallelujah, that we have short meetings. And um, so it was 11 o'clock at night and I was sitting on the, on the side and I was really hungry and I was really tired. And the kitchen was just like over there. And I was thinking to myself, as I'm trying to concentrate on the sermon, 11 o'clock at night, really tired, I'm thinking, oh God, I would just so love to be able to just get up and go and get myself a peppermint tea and a piece of cake. That would just be really nice right now. And I thought, no, I can't do that. That would be rude. You know, I can't do that, but I really want to walk. <laughs> Sitting here, who's ever heard, had thoughts like this? Sitting there thinking, oh, okay, okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. And all of a sudden, this woman appears with a tray, and she brings it, this standing tray, brings it alongside me, and it's got a beautiful china cup and saucer and a a beautiful teapot made up with hot peppermint tea and a piece of cake. (laughs) This is my first day there. She didn't even know me. I said, I mean... And she said, oh, yes, this afternoon I sent my husband home to go and get this china cup and this teapot because I know that Australians like tea. <laughs> and it happened to be peppermint tea, even though, like, daytime I like normal tea, nighttime I like peppermint tea because it's got no caffeine. And then she said, and, and I wanted to give you the, the cup and the saucer. and the, Anyway, enjoy the service. I thought, okay. I said, God, why did you do that? He said, because I love you. And you know, the goodness and the kindness of God is overwhelming in the way that he comes and he will just do things because he can, because he loves you. I just wanted to do that because I love you. And then so the thoughts would be, well, okay, that's that's." That, that was amazing, Jesus. Thank you. He gives us the desires of our heart. But then I think, well, you know, what about the other big things that I'd really like you to do? You know, like a cup of tea, a piece of cake, that's lovely. But, you know, if you're going to do something for me, maybe like, you know, salvation for family members, you know. that's a, And we, we look at God as though he's got a limited amount of resources and a limited amount of time and, and, and well, you know, what, as though he, he's not able to do it all. But I love to look at this psalm. If you want to turn there with me, Psalm 131. This is my favorite little psalm. It says here, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in matters too great or too wonderful for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. 
O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time now and forever. You know, oftentimes when our thoughts start going, well, why not this and why not that? Why, should, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? Or how come this happened? Or why didn't this happen? The Lord tells us not to worry ourselves with things that we don't understand, but instead, just like a weaned child, lean into the one in whose character you have faith and just say, everybody hoping God. I'm not going to trouble myself with things I don't understand, with weighty matters. You know, sometimes we turn ourselves inside out trying to figure things out. Why did this happen? How come that happened? The disciples did it. Why didn't this man, why was this man born blind? Is it because of his mother sinning, his father sinning? Is it because he sinned? Why did he get, why did this happen? And Jesus didn't even answer the why. He said, because I want to give my, myself glory. I want, to, I want to heal him. That's why. And our great God is looking for our hearts to have faith in his character rather than getting twisted up and, and concerned with things that we don't understand. I don't understand a whole lot of things, but I choose by faith to believe what the Bible says about who God is. The Bible tells me that God is love. First Corinthians 13 says, love is patient, love is kind. And then he says in Philippians chapter 4, um, set, uh, to um, be thankful for everything, in everything. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. He says, think on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. So instead of us thinking about, well, why hasn't this happened? Why hasn't that happened? God just wants us to enjoy his kindness. He wants to enjoy his goodness and in faith say, I believe that God is on my side. God is for me. I choose to believe the word of God above whatever might be trying to get my attention. Whatever weighty matter that I'm trying to get my head around and can't understand, I'm going to say no. It exalts itself against the knowledge of who God is. God wants us to experience him so that our faith is anchored in the very character of God. So that no matter what, when something goes on, whatever happens, our hearts can say, this is what I know. He makes all things work together for my good. God's plans for me are to prosper me, not to harm me. God's got good things in store for me. Amen? So instead of uh, missing the beauty of what God's got... We can enjoy his goodness. We can celebrate his kindness and focus on the great kindness of God to enter into the delight of knowing him and then recognizing, letting our faith be released to recognize that whatever it is we don't understand, we can have an enjoyment and an excitement about because God's about to do something for us. You know, it says um, it says in in. Uh, the scripture where Abraham was about to, to sacrifice Isaac, that a ram was caught in the thicket and he was able to take the ram and sacrifice the ram instead. You know, God is preparing for us even when we don't understand what's going on. I, I was amazed this woman had that afternoon, before I'd ever gotten any sort of desire for peppermint tea and cake, had sent her husband home an hour's drive to go pick up this 
teapot and this cup because she felt the Lord had wanted her to do this. God goes before us. He's already preparing for us things that we don't even know that we need or desire. And so when something bad happens, instead of us creating a doctrine, oh, well, then God must be mean, we've got to remember, this is what I believe. I believe that God is love. God is patient. God is kind. I will think about his kindness and his goodness. And remember, if something goes wrong, something looks bad, I can celebrate that God's already planned the good thing that's going to come out of this. He says he makes all things work together for good. So if something's gone wrong, I can get excited because he's been preparing something on the other side. Hallelujah. That's going to make this work together for my good even when I don't understand. Some people, they get disappointed because they think, oh, I don't understand why this person died or I don't understand why this happened or I don't understand. You've got to guard your heart, the scripture tells us, with all diligence for out of it flow the wellsprings of life. That glorious life that God wants to continually flow through you, that brings you joy, that that wonderful life that flows in and through, that flows from the throne. He is in the inside of you. God, the temple of God, you are the temple of God and the river that flows from the throne is flowing out of you. And we've got to guard our hearts, amen? So whenever we start to go down the track of, I'm worried about this. I don't understand this. Why did this happen? Being tempted to draw conclusions about God that are untrue. We need to take those thoughts captive. We've got to grab them and say, no, that's exalting itself against the knowledge of who I know God to be. Who do you know God to be? Have you experienced him in his kindness? Or have you experienced his discipline and drawn a conclusion about him that, oh, he's just like a a, a, um, schoolmaster. Even God's discipline is always because he loves you. He doesn't spend his whole time disciplining us. I mean, I I can count on one hand the number of times I've really experienced what I would consider the discipline of God. And I, it's innumerable, the, uh, the kindnesses that God has shown toward me. God's delight is for us to know him. He wants us to know him so that we anchor our faith in the knowledge of him, in the knowledge of who he is. When I'm encouraging you to give thanks, when I'm encouraging you to 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 pay attention to what the Lord's saying and what he's doing. It's because I know that he is consistently bringing a message to you that when I look at you, I love you. That every time I see you, my heart is full of joy. God does kind things just because he loves us. He wants to reveal who he is so that we can then demonstrate who he is to others. He comes with his love and his mercy because he wants to show us who we are. This is what love looks like. I want to show you, I, I love you. I'm for you. He, I, I get so surprised. I often speak out the desires of my heart knowing that God's put them in there. He gives me the desires of my heart. I remember going into a, uh, a cathedral one day in, in the UK First time speaking there in in the UK, I was ministering in a little Baptist church. On my day off, went to an an old abbey, an old Anglican cathedral, 
And this desire just welled up in my heart. Oh God, I want to preach in the Anglican cathedrals. I want to see your glory revealed in the Anglican cathedrals. Within six months, I had invitations to preach in the cathedrals in the UK. And and the first, first time I had the opportunity to go, in one weekend, we saw 60 people come to Christ. I I pay attention when God starts to highlight those desires because I know that he loves to do it. I know the plans that he's got for us are to, to cause us to dream bigger than we've ever dreamt before. And he wants to so accelerate us that whenever I recognize, yes, God, ooh, I'm reading that, that here about judgment. Don't judge. Oh, don't be slanderous. Don't, don't speak evil of another brother. I, I take it very seriously now because it's like a signpost on the road that says, hey, this is a, this is a way to accelerate. If you'll pay attention to what I'm saying, this is going to help you accelerate in your destiny and your calling. Your desire is to be like me. When, so when I read the word now, instead of taking it as condemnation, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm terrible. I read it as, oh, hooray. Thanks, God. Thanks for the reminder. Because my, my delight and your delight is that you and I would go and shine for Jesus. Amen. If you've got a bit of a, if you're a bit gun shy when it comes to correction and you've been wounded by authority that has, has not treated you properly, often you can put that onto God and say, oh, you know, oh, I don't like it when, when, whenever I hear him, him show me something in the word, I'll just read what I like. Oh, show me a psalm, you know. <laughs> But if you recognize that God is so for you, you'll boldly read whole chapters. You'll boldly read whole books of the scripture and you'll embrace it when you see something in your heart that needs correcting. You'll go, oh, that's awesome because God is so wanting to accelerate me. Amen. You'll look at it and go, oh, thank you, Jesus, because you know my desire is to be like you and you're revealing this to me so that I can uh, shine even brighter for your glory. I just want to pray for you tonight. I believe there's some people here, you've been wounded by authority that has come in and has made you feel as though, as though you are, you're doing a bad job, you're not a good Christian, all this sort of stuff. The heart of God is never to condemn you. He doesn't want you looking at yourself and going, oh, I'm terrible. He doesn't define you by your sin. He defines you by who Jesus is. The awakening that he wants to bring to you is that you are not a sinner when you have received Christ. Though you may do something wrong, he says that you have become a new creation in Christ. When I look at you, I see the blood of the lamb. I see, I see my son. He calls us clean. He calls us the righteousness of God in Christ. And he convicts us of that righteousness and helps us recognize, whoa, this is what I'm, this is who I am. This is how I'm supposed to live. Amen. He gives us power to do it. He, he takes us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light so that whenever we see something needs correcting, we don't default back to the idea that, oh, I'm a terrible sinner. We instead embrace it and go, thank you, God, for showing me who I really am. Instead of hearing correction and going, oh, that's right, everybody says that about me, I'm so terrible. 
we go, yes, God, thank you for the reminder. This is who I am. This is who you've made me to be by your grace. Oh, thank you, God. I am a new creation. Whatever I might have thought about myself before, that's irrelevant because this is the truth of who you say I am. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And your word is a lamp to my path, a light to my path so that I can see, yes, Jesus, This is my destiny. This is the hope of my calling. This is the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints. I get to walk in holiness. Hallelujah. I get, I've been given power to walk in holiness and you show me every step of the way what that looks like. Instead of looking at the word and going, oh, I'm still not measuring up. Oh, I'm still not there. Oh, anybody ever read the word of God like that? Oh, that's good. I'm so glad. (laughs) Well, whoever on live stream is understanding what I'm talking about. (laughs) The word of God is not to condemn you. It's to reveal Jesus to you so that you can say, Whoa, look who lives on the inside of me. Look who I really am. Hallelujah. This is what he looks like. Father, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I'm asking for a mature bride to arise that delights in the full counsel of your word, that, that, that takes correction with delight and with joy, knowing, God, that you are on their side, that you are for them. Father, I just ask for each and every wounded heart here, God, that's been bruised by authority, that's not treated them as you have uh, designed. God, I'm asking for holy healing to come. Lord, I'm asking for revelation and awakening that you are kind. You are good, God. Lord, I pray that they would not be so caught up with, with the whys and the questions of what's going on, why hasn't this happened, that they would miss the, the kindnesses that you show us. But Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you'd give them power to supernaturally take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of who you are, to delight themselves in the kindnesses that you show us, to give you glory and, and to, to recognize with thanksgiving that the kindnesses that you show us each day, that we may know you, God. Lord, I thank you that you dismantle false ideas of who you are. And Lord, that you build up the truth, that you reveal Christ to each and every one of us in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.